if I strip right now, they won't see me. Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. I think you've heard that so many times. I was actually going to start this one off with a Harry Carey voice and do a whole thing like that, but uh, I've been actually doing the Harry Carey voice all week long, and I'm actually a little hoarse because of it, so you didn't get it this week, but you can expect a Harry Carey voice next week, if I remember. We're joined tonight by uh, a fantastic group of people, and we've got a special guest, so let's go around the room here. Damoc, how you feeling tonight, man? I'm still alive. Happy to be here. Rock on. Good to have you back on, dude. And we're joined by Aaron the Destroyer. Aaron, how are you feeling on this fine evening? I'm fantastic. I had a lot of coffee, so I'm actually a little wired. So like really good. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be a good show. <laughs> we got Aaron at level 11. <laughs> um and we're joined by a very special guest emmanuel anime how are you doing tonight man i'm doing pretty good it's been a good day uh yeah i'm feeling really really good fantastic man well first segment of the show what is everybody drinking so we uh, we just roll around the room and we talk about what we're drinking this evening. Um, it can be alcoholic. doesn't have to be. Hell, I've actually given a full dissertation on Fiji water before on this show. So whatever you're drinking is whatever you're drinking. Um, let's start that. And Emmanuel, since you are the special guest, are you drinking anything with us tonight? I am drinking a bottle of or I'm drinking some water. Tap water. Croatia hey. tap water. Hey, that works. I like it. What's the attack <laughs> like? Wait, you said what's the attack? What's what's the attack? Oftentimes, when I'll when I'll describe what I'm drinking, the attack is like the first the first hit that hits the palate. So that first taste you get when it hits the palate is the attack. Ah, I see. Huh? Maybe I'll be able to. I might send you a, a dissertation about it. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what about you, Aaron? What are you drinking with us tonight? I am drinking uh, Bud Light. Delicious. This one is yet to be opened, but I've had two of them already. And I'm also drinking Great Value Water. It's delicious. And that's that's all I got right now. You know, everybody downplays Bud Light, but Bud Light is a, I mean, Bud Light's a decent American lager, like for American lagers go. And the funny thing is, is that you go over to England, they have tr- trash cans full of Bud Light bottles and Bud Light cans because that's what they drink. But I will say Bud Light over in England tastes completely different than Bud Light over here. Not 100% sure why or how, but it tastes different. What about I you, Dave? I don't know how I feel about that. What are you drinking today, man? I'm not sure how I feel about that either. But yeah, uh, I am drinking Liquid Death sparkling water. But I did just finish two tall boys of regular Budweiser, because that is the extent of my drinking for this week. 
So now I'm just nice. back to drinking water. But dude, Liquid Death, the attack is like a beer. It is going to just hit you in the face flat out with all that uh, that sparkly carbonation. And then it's just going to mellow out into nothingness. And I know they're expensive for what they are, but... So the the regular Liquid Death in the white can, the non-sparkling water, if you drink it, it has that aluminum taste to it, and I cannot fucking stand it. It is so gross. However, for whatever reason, the Liquid Death in the black can, the sparkling water, you get hit with that carbonation, and then nothing. There's no aluminum taste. There's no aftertaste. There's just nothing. It is fantastic the way water should be with a little extra kick so it's actually funny because a guy i work with drinks liquid death and i looked at it i thought it was like a cold brew coffee so of course i'm like oh cool what's this i pick it up and i look at it and i'm like sparkling water and i look at the can and i i, I literally like looked at the can for about two seconds i looked up at him and i said this can is literally the exact reason why I have bought every microbrew I have ever bought in my life. This can looks amazing. I feel like it capitalizes really well on like the gimmick of like um, like energy drinks. Like they're like, oh, this is like badass. You could ride a skateboard or like you could conquer the world if you drink this. But it's literally like just water, but just the can and the name like sounds badass. You're like, yeah, I drink this hardcore water. This isn't regular tap water. Like I could do anything on this. Like I don't know. I feel like it's right. just like the best marketing ever <laughs> right yeah that's as i said like every microbrew i've ever bought in my life i've always picked up oh this can looks amazing i'm going to buy this and drink this then of course i get it back to the house and i'm like i hate sour so why am i drinking this yeah God. i mean well it's been pretty good and i guess the biggest part about it is uh it's they donate 10 percent of every profit from every can to help kill plastic pollution and that's why they call it the liquid death, because it's always aluminum. It's always 100% recycled or 70% recycled or some shit. It's somewhere on this can that I, I can't see in the dark. But yeah, it's a big deal. And that's that's why. But yeah, it absolutely capitalizes it. And everybody tells me, oh, man, I thought that you were drinking like Guinness or something. Like, because I have it at work all the time. And they're like, I won't be mad, but, you know, just make sure other people don't see it. We're like, no, it's water, just water. So how did you guys come up with this or did you uh, this term attack? Where did where did that come from? Oh, that that actually is uh, that's a that we didn't actually take that. Like we didn't come up with that. That's something that we uh, stole. Um, when you hear people describe like whiskey, ta- uh, whiskeys and wines and all sorts of other things, it's, uh, you know, it's always it's, there's always three stages. There's the attack, the wash over and then the aftertaste. So okay. you know, the, the attack is just what literally hits you right in the front end. Just whatever you get. What's the first taste you get? The like the attack. What's okay. the first thing? Right. You know, if somebody comes in and attacks you, that's the first thing that's being hit. That's that's the attack. Okay. And the washover is um, as it passes over the palate. You know, you start rolling it around the mouth, whatnot. You get kind of that wash in your mouth, and you get all the different flavors that come from there, and then. And usually, like, the attack and the washover are completely different flavors altogether. And then the the aftertaste is when you breathe out, and that is a completely different flavor as well. So a very complex alcohol or a very complex beer will have a lot of different notes to it. Um, 
uh, like scotches. Scotches are are notorious for having a lot of different flavors to them from from like a smoky leathery taste off to clove to uh, caramel notes. Uh, There's just so many different flavors that you can get. That's that's actually one of the big reasons why like, okay, as a kid, um, I'm sure most of us has done this. You just drank to get drunk. Because it was like, hey, I'm, I'm drinking with my friends. We're just drinking to have a good time, yada, yada, yada. Well, as I got older, I realized that, oh, booze actually tastes good. Like, there's there's actually great things about it. They have all these different flavors. And there are some that I like and some that I don't and some that I've acquired and some I haven't. So, you know, so that's where attack comes from. It's just uh, it's a generic term of how to describe, you know, really just any, any first flavor you get from something. Okay. And so you said you did um – a full dissertation on Fiji water. <laughs> How I did, did, I, I, what exactly I does that mean? And uh, I mean, did you describe the attack, the washover, and then the uh, every little bit of it? Like I was describing the aroma. Like I picked it up. I probably talked about Fiji water for five minutes of just you know, this is what it smells like. This is what it this is what this is what it feels like when it hits the palate for the first sense, and this is what it feels like the second time. I mean, I I went. It was a bit because it was Fiji water, um, but it was fun to do because I was like, oh man, this is actually pretty interesting because I never really thought about it. There, there is this kind of like uh, almost iron taste to it. I'm like, oh yeah, that that is there. That's kind of crazy. Okay. And why'd you pick Fiji water? That's just because that's what you drink or it was it was just in the house. Like it was literally I like Fiji water. I just I've always liked Fiji water and uh but probably because of the bottle, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it was in the house and it was what I was drinking that night on the podcast. I was like, all right, well, I'm drinking Fiji water tonight. So here's what it's like. Okay. And they, and these guys always pick on me for how I describe alcohols. Okay, so you you go into Significant detail. Yeah, I try to. to. You're starting to sound like a perfectionist. <laughs> I, I, I try to. Well, I mean, so the way I look at it is that if you, you know, you're, you're listening to a podcast for a couple of different reasons. Um, you want entertainment, right? You might be trying to learn something, right? So I figure maybe somebody's never had like, somebody maybe never had crack and rum before. They might be like, well, what's crack and rum like? I don't want to go out and spend a whole bunch of money on a bottle of crack and rum. Granted, you can get a, like a small bottle of crack and rum for about 10 bucks. But I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on crack and rum and not know if I like it and then be stuck with it. You know, I try to give as much information, as much, uh, as much detail as I possibly can. Not to say that my palate is going to match everybody else's palate in the world. But if I tell them, hey, these are the things I get out of it. They might try it and say, you know what? I like that. I'll give that a shot. Why not? Or, oh, God, I hate that. I'm not trying that at all. Either way, I figure okay. educational value, give something to them. So is, is you, I noticed that you used a lot of descriptive words um, when you were describing uh, the taste of uh, some um, beverages that you've had. Are you a, are you a poet by chance? <laughs> Um, I may be a poet and not know it. Uh, I actually, uh, ironically, Uh-oh, I think you just hit it. I, I may be a poet and not know well, it. <laughs> I, actually, little known fact about me is I am actually a published poet. Ah, I uh, see. I, I am actually, uh, I am actually in a small run published batch book. So I'm, I am technically a published poet. So yes, I am actually a published poet. 
What about you guys? You uh, you also writing poetry and secretly publishing it? Uh, no, I'm definitely not a poet at all. <laughs> not even a uh, little bit. Zero talent in that I category. I have several short stories that were published in like giant collective books when I was much, much younger. Nothing in the last 20 years. And what inspired you to do that? Um, I used to really enjoy writing and coming up with absolutely nonsensical stories. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And how did you get to the point of uh, publishing? I guess I'll ask that question for both of you. For me, it was through the school program. Um, It was just one of those like... You write a bunch of stuff, and then they can submit it for something, and then it can get published in a book. Um, just like one of the the kids here, she got her poems published, but it was uh, it had to be selected and awarded, and she got some nice little certificate for it and all of that. And then when you know, of course, we bought a copy of that book. My stories are long gone. I don't even know what they were published in. I was just you know, I was a kid at the time, yeah, early just, high school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and you, sir. Me, I uh, I actually just used to write. Um, I used to write poetry, song lyrics, because I don't know if you can see the, the Gibson sitting on the wall behind me, but uh, I play guitar, um, used to play trombone in another life, it seems, uh, keyboard. So I, I was writing songs, writing poetry, and uh, then one day in the early, early years of this thing called the Internet, uh, I found a whole bunch of different places that I could put it um so i put it in a whole bunch of different areas and i got reached out to and i thought it was a scam but uh somebody reached out to me and said hey we really dig your poetry we we want to put it in one of our published books can we and i went well like what's the catch and they're like there is no catch like we would like you to allow us to and i was like okay sure i said okay cool (laughs) and i said if you if they're like, hey, you don't have to get one, but if you want to get one, go to this place and you can go buy one. And uh, I went to went to actually had to travel a little bit to get it, but I went, I bought a copy. I'm like, oh, holy crap! I'm a published poet. This is awesome. Okay, so it sounds like you have that a little bit of a courageous uh, spirit or um, a curiosity in you that would influence you or inspire you to have the ability to say, yeah, all right, I'll go for it. Yeah. I mean, I figure why not? Why, you know, you, you miss the, you miss every shot you don't take. So might as well take it. I mean, it's exactly the way I think about uh, okay. most things, you know, worst case scenario, you get told no. Okay. You get told no. So you move on or you try again somewhere else. Was that your mindset, Aaron, whenever you had that momentum that day and you're like, I'm going for this show? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, uh, like, I'm already not on a podcast. So the worst thing is that I'm also still not on a podcast. <laughs> but I I didn't have to message him in the middle of the night. But I was like, I can't sleep. I'm riding this wave. I'm going to message him. And then he was like, hell yeah, just do it. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I actually applied to jobs after that not in the middle of the night but like the next day and i might have an interview so like it's been working yeah yeah, yeah. wait w- 
when you say it's been working, you mean that that momentum, that uh, that um, ambitiousness, and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it, and if I get rejected, so be. Yeah, I mean, I tend to be like a procrastinator. I'll overthink things. Like I'll make up reasons why, like, oh, if I do this, then this could happen, and blah blah blah. But like, you know, why am I thinking about it? Because nothing bad could happen. He could just be like, no, I don't want you on the podcast, and then I could just be like. Well, I'll go find another podcast. There are a billion of them. Like, who cares? Exactly. So, like, I'm just kind of doing that. Like, if I apply to the job, I don't get the job, then I have not lost anything type of mentality. But you have gained a valuable skill, which is interviewing. You've honed said skill. Well, actually, I've always been really good in interview, not as the interviewer, but as, like, the interviewee. I've always done super well in those. I, I don't know why but like that's never bothered me like yeah i'll talk to anybody i'll walk up to strangers who cares ask me questions <laughs> like i don't care oh my god I but, feel um, like, yeah I feel just... like we're getting into the the chocolate <laughs> anus mold conversation again <laughs> okay so you have that that boldness about you uh to where you're like all right you know what i'm gonna go for it i'm not gonna let my fears or overthinking hold me back from achieving uh, or from stepping into um, the next phase of my life or my plans? I try to. I mean, it helps that I'm like a, I'm a very social person. I'm very people oriented. I like people and meeting new people. So if it's something like that, where it's like message a stranger in the middle of the night about a podcast, like that type of thing, I feel like it's a lot easier for me than, than facing like other types of fears uh, like snakes or something. I'm still afraid of snakes. I've been trying to get over it. I cannot. Um, but like as far as like the people stuff goes, like I'm cool with that type of thing. Like I can push towards that, um, but I tend to procrastinate on other things. Okay. That's an important thing to have that uh, I would say a lot of people don't have. Um, a lot of people are afraid to uh, approach random strangers and talk to random people on the street and i used to be in that boat um, but since i moved here to croatia and i was in germany in the month of august 2021 and i approached a lot of strangers on the street in order to overcome my fears and also, as we were talking about perfectionism, to overcome that as well, at least in that area of my life, because I noticed that one of the things in regards to overthinking that you may mention of, Aaron, is that when I would get the, the calling to go talk to a stranger, I'd be thinking, oh, I have to say the perfect thing to start off the conversation. And then, boom, I missed my opportunity. And so I eventually came to the point where I realized that my perfectionism was holding me back, or at least that was part of what was holding me back from um, my performance in regards to small talk uh, with uh, strangers. And so getting over that that fear, that worry of rejection and uh, getting over any 
potential for unforgiveness because like, oh, this person rejected me. Um, and then the next phase was, I need to say the perfect thing. And then it's like, you know what? Let me just keep going, keep going, and I'll get better after each repetition. And so that's one of the tools that I have been fortunate to to learn and understand uh, to apply uh, to dismantle my perfectionism. Yeah. And no, I totally, I totally so agree. Yeah. Are, how, yeah, it's a, it's a process. It is. And, but that process also needs to be applied to multiple other areas because it's like, yeah, I got perfect. I, excuse me. I got victory in that area, but now I can't stop sweeping the same spot in my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, or it's like, I, I'm trying to get a, something I'm writing down, uh, like a message I'm writing, trying to get it perfect. And it's like, look, there's this term that I learned, good enough to move on. Yep. And that's that's definitely helped me. And so, Demak, you were saying that you and Cecil were, uh, were talking at the site, and then that's how you ended up getting on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We just started uh, BSing, and he had a podcast, and I like shit talking, so here I am. Okay, um, and did, you didn't feel like any like feelings of worry and uh, being recorded and posted on the internet and say and feeling I like did. oh I messed something. Okay, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, oh man. I've gotten so drunk and said so many really stupid things that I had to eat exceedingly hot, <laughs> spicy chocolate to make up for it because, yep. yeah. So what does that mean? So it, like we, we try spicy, hot, chocolate. We, we try to keep things like, like we'll get, we'll get offensive on the show. Like uh, I usually say to, to most people, Hey, look, you know, don't listen to the show if you're easily offended because we'll like no topic is really all that sacred. However, we do have some standards of like, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to read the house rules, but one of the like number one rule is don't be a dick. And uh, and then that just I mean, that's very subjective of don't be a dick, but it just basically translates down to, you know, don't uh, yeah, basically don't bully, don't don't harass, don't uh, don't downplay somebody's disability or whatnot. Um, unless you're Zyber and then you make fun of yourself and then you rag on people for making fun of the same thing that you make fun of. And, you know, then there's that. But but like there's, you know, there's it just it's it's, a, it's just kind of across the board. And, and Damoc at one point in time had made fun of a some mentally handicapped people. And uh, for penance, he had to eat. I found a I found a bar of chocolate. That was basically it was, it was spicy chocolate. It was like hot pepper spicy chocolate. So it was uh, it was Capnaeus and chocolate. And uh, yeah. Um, and you're muted, by the way, just a heads up. Okay. Okay. I saw you moving and something like, oh, just making sure. Um, but yeah, so that was yeah, one of the penance that he had to do was he had to eat the spicy chocolate. In fact, if you run over to the GNA YouTube channel, you can actually see that 
of him eating that spicy chocolate because it was penance. And literally, it was one of those, okay, Damoc, why are you doing this? And he's like, because I made fun of mentally handicapped people. And he's like, all right, are you going to do this again? No. All right, what are you eating? <laughs> he's like, he's given the whole thing. It was, it was, uh, it was a humorous bit. Um, because, you know, we'll get, we'll get fairly tipsy on this show and, uh, and, you know, whatever flies, flies, really. Okay, and did you also have to write a dissertation? Did you talk about the attack? And uh, <laughs> We did ask him a lot of questions on it, though. Yeah, there were some questions. I don't remember it. I just remember lots of fire in my mouth and lots of pain. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I won't. I won't do the retarded voice ever again. <laughs> and how did you how did you find this chocolate? Did someone t- had, is it something that you tried before? Um it was actually so I I like hot stuff. I I like spicy stuff. So I actually grow my own peppers from jalapeno all the way up to Carolina Reaper. Uh, and I make my own hot sauce. I, I I like hot stuff. Unfortunately, hot stuff doesn't like me, but I like hot stuff. So I have all sorts of different places where I find all sorts of different hot things. And I found this hot chocolate. Um, and it was like the chocolate itself was really bad chocolate. Like it wasn't good chocolate. It was bad chocolate, but it was hot, which was okay, the, the spicy. Yeah, it w- that was the point. You know, I was like, hey, you got to make some penance for this. Well, hey, I actually realized I haven't done my what am I drinking yet. So let me quickly kick into mine um, before I forget because I'm almost halfway through this other this drink I'm drinking. So I am actually starting off with a new rum tonight. Um, I actually got a small bottle because I didn't know how I'd like it. But it's called Bumboo. Yeah, Bumboo. B-U-M-B-U. That Bumboo, right? Am I saying it right? I hope I'm saying it right. Well, Bumboo Rum. B B U M B U or B U B U? No, no, B U M B U. So bamboo. Yeah, bamboo. I'm gonna say it that way. So, um, it's in a really cool bottle. It's got a cork stopper on top, and it's got a looks like an iron cross. An iron cross. What's that? What's that considered? Looks that way. Yeah. So it's, it looks kind of iron cross ish, but in gold color. It's it's a so it's a really nice bottle, really decorative bottle. Um, it's a dark rum. In case anybody's curious, what what it look, you know, what color it is. It's a uh, it's a darker rum, so it's not one of the lighter rums. the The smell right off the bat is very very sugary. Um, it almost has a very very. I'm saying very a lot. It's probably because I've been drinking so much. Um, it's got an exceptional amount. You asked if he does a dissertation, and here you go. Here we go. This is all on you now. This is all your fault. <laughs> so it's got a, a very pronounced caramel smell to it. Like, that's the first thing that hits on the palate. In fact, it's so strong, you can actually taste on the side of your tongue almost. Like, in the very, very back of your mouth, the aroma hits very, very hard. So I'm going to do what I normally do. I actually typically have three drinks lined up. I have it straight, I have it on the rocks, and then I have it in a mixed drink. But I just have it straight, just neat, and then in a mixed drink. So I'm just having a quick snifter glass. It's been sitting here for a little bit, so I've given it a little time to breathe. So after it's breathed, had time to breathe a little bit, the the caramel notes in it are very, very distinct. Um, In fact, almost overpowering. That's how distinct they are. So... 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So right off the bat, you get a very, very distinct caramel and sugar cane flavor. The wash over washes right into a very nice and smooth sugar cane hit where you get that very, you know, like that, um, that syrupy almost sugar cane feeling very, you know, very pronounced. And the aftertaste is actually the very typical rum flavor that you expect. So straight, just neat at room temperature. It's got a very, very distinct, like the caramel notes are there. And I almost want to say that there's like another spice to it. And there's, there's like another spice in there that I'm not catching. Maybe, maybe spice is the wrong term. But there's another flavor in there that's in between the caramel and the sugar cane. It almost has like a maybe an maybe a barrel flavor, like that that charred wood flavor. But it's very, very light. Like it's it's in between everything. Like it's like it almost has that flavor of old wood or old oak. Like you know that flavor that I'm talking about? I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> I I feel I feel like I'm like I'm trying to describe a flavor and I'm just like I'm falling flat. But so so uh-huh. like okay, so American charred oak barrel is what you're saying or are you looking more just well, no, not charred. So I I misspoke when I said charred. My brain went to scotch immediately and that was wrong. It has a very distinct, you know that that wood flavor like okay, have you ever drank out of a wood tankard? And you like when you had your drink sitting there for a while and you take a sip and it has that that aroma and that wood flavor like just imagine that but sandwich it in between caramel and sugar cane and it's a very very light hint that's it's like right in there. So a higher end island type rum. Yes like like if it was. I would put, yes, an island style rum where you've got that it's eight like that. It's been stored in a barrel type of flavor. Um, very nice sipping. Like, I mean, I'm a big pirate fan when it comes to sipping rums. Uh, I'm really easy. Like that's I'm, I'm a simple person. I love rum and I love pirate because it's a super simple, smooth, simple. Like I say simple. It's a super smooth rum that has a very simplistic flavor to it. And that's not a bad thing. Simple flavor is not bad. This has a very, very strong caramel hit to it. But it's a great sipping rum. Um, I would... Uh, hold on. An authentic Caribbean legend. Yeah, there we go. Island rum. I probably should have read the back of the bottle before I drank it. <laughs> that probably would have helped out, wouldn't it? Uh, the history of craft in the region. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Caribbean-style rum. So that's... I mean, that that's where it comes right off of. But yeah, it's, it's uh, for a sipping rum. If you're a person that likes to like to sip your booze versus um, mix it with something, sipping it, fantastic. Very strong caramel, very sweet. So if you don't like sweet rums, well, if you don't like rum, if you don't like sweet rums, most rums are sweet because they're made from sugar cane. But if you don't like that sweetness, that caramel hit, uh, this is not the rum for you. But if you like that caramel flavor, and and it's very pronounced. 
sipping on this, spot on. So I also mixed it with just a straight out um, Coke Zero, just because rum and Coke, very common. Uh, I prefer Coke Zero because I try not to indulge in super sugary drinks. So you may try a regular Coke if that's what you prefer. But let me give this guy a hit. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So actually just simply drinking off of that, I probably should have pal- uh, cleansed my palate on that before I did it. So in the rum and Coke, in the mixed drink, those caramel hints are there. All wood flavor is completely gone. It's so smooth, though. Like that rum hit, that alcohol hit that you get, non-existent. Um, but unlike Pirate, Pirate, when you mix it, Pirate, all of Pirate flavor goes away. This, there's still a very, very distinct caramel flavor to it. It almost brings out that caramel flavor of the Coke. Like that that caramel syrupy flavor. It almost like it pronounces that much more than just drinking a normal Coke. So, I mean, honestly, this is this is a decent mixer as well as straight. I prefer straight just because I like most of my booze is straight. But this isn't bad as a mixer. It's it's actually got a lot of great flavor. How much of that have you had tonight? Not that much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I pre-grained with Kraken because I didn't want to drink this before. So I had a bottle about this size. So this, what size is this? I don't even know what size this is. Oh, this is a 375, or yeah, 375 milliliter bottle. So about half the size of a normal bottle. So I had one of these full of Kraken because I know what Kraken tastes like. So I figured I could pre-grain with that and not be, uh, you know, not ruin anything for the show. But yeah, so my my official review of this guy, if you like caramel flavors, if you like those those sugary flavors, this rum, fantastic, hit it up. If you're not one of those people, this would be a, bum to, a, a rum to bypass, but bamboo rum. Um, this is just the straight dark rum. Um, I'm saying I'm a lot. I, I may be a little bit more inebriated than I thought I was. Uh, what did it roughly this retail for? This bottle right here was $17.99, so for the $375, so it's a cheaper rum. It's not expensive. Uh, and it's also 35% by volume. I probably should have said that. So it's a little bit under your normal rums, which hit about 40%. Most most boozes hit around 40% for, for your average booze. But this is a 35%, so that's probably why it doesn't get that burn nearly as bad as it did before or really as bad as other rums like Kraken. I mean, I, I just had that in a small sif- snifter glass and was downing that. And it had, you know, Kraken's got that very distinct burn at the end. Uh, Kraken is much better mixer than it is straight, but I didn't want to waste all my cold Coke. So I just drank it. But yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you enjoy rums, this probably would be a nice thing. This would probably pair very, very well with something salty. Get that salty sweetness going on. Um, or Girl Scout cookies, Samoas. This would probably be boss with Samoas. Oh, it sounds like it would be good with a really good uh, salty dark chocolate. Something that's like yeah. 80%. 
With yeah. A bit oh, well, of that's salt I first it. went to salt because I like that salty sweet combo. I like that contrast. So, I mean, personally, I would pair this with something salty. Uh, maybe I don't know that I'd put it with beef. Beef's got too strong of a flavor. But maybe maybe a salmon, maybe a fish. Yeah, I could see it like a mahi mahi with a little salt brine, with a little uh, either salt brine or salt rub on it. And now you got me thinking about food. <laughs> well, I, you know, I try to I try to think of what these things would go good with because you know you got so many different people who try it different ways. Like me, I just I I prefer I just prefer the flavor of the booze. Like I enjoy sitting back, drinking it, and just kind of relaxing and enjoying it. Um, so. You know, when you get a really, like a really crappy booze, you know, if there's nothing to enjoy out of it, it's like, why am I drinking it? Like, I, I, I can get drunk. Like, I can go get drunk on anything. But if I'm going to get drunk, at least I want to enjoy the path getting there. You know, enjoy the journey. There we go. Not path. So do you guys also uh, describe uh, what you're, what you're drinking? Or is he the subject matter expert on description? Uh, <laughs> He's uh, absolutely going to be the subject matter expert when it comes to describing uh, alcohol. Most of us are like, hey, look, it's uh, it's craft beer and you can't <laughs> get it outside of the state of Virginia because Virginia has way too many craft beers aside from the big ones who have kind of gone like Devil's Backbone or something like that. Or... Uh, Ooh. Golden Monkey. You can buy Golden Monkey outside of everything. Uh, so if you like a banana bread beer, Golden Monkey, yes. absolutely. Golden uh, Monkey has well, banana yeah. flavor to it. I've been saying that for so long, and you guys thought I was nuts when I first said that. Coe said it first, and we were like, huh? And then we all drank it and went, oh, yeah, you know, no, that was right. So now I, I got something for you, uh, Emmanuel. You said you're in Croatia now, which is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Beautiful country, I imagine. Uh, but you said you were in Germany last year. What were you doing in Germany that made you move to Croatia? So it was part of my journey to discover my God-given purpose. And so I was called out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to come and move to Croatia. And I was also directed to go to Germany in the month of August. So I left Baton Rouge in, uh, in May of last year. Wow. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a journey and it wasn't until January of this year where I could say what my God-given uh, purpose is. And it's to help you look more attractive, but not the person on the outside, the person on the inside, the real you, your character. And so it was through this journey and through a lot of interesting stuff, like I was uh, talking about approaching strangers on the street, uh, getting over uh, perfectionism uh, in cleaning my 
my home and many other things, writing poetry, um, not growing any peppers. So <laughs> maybe that might come later. <laughs> Speaking of growing peppers, wh- when did you get that? When did you start? Oh, man, that, that was actually uh, – that was a weird bug. Like I've never – okay, so – I've always – I grew up in a farming community, so I, I, I spent my winters in a farming community, my winters in spring, and I spent my summers down in a city. So I got, a, I got a really great education on how, like, life happens, like how life works. You know, I've seen it from baling hay to, uh, you know, to inner city living. So it was, it was a really interesting concept. But I, growing up in a – oh, go ahead. About what – I'm sorry to interrupt, but about about what oh. age um, did you did you get started uh, in your? So I, I I started I I lived I lived in a farming community since I was about four, so I I tried to figure out how to be a I'm just gonna say gardener because I'm definitely not a farmer, but a gardener um, for a while for a very long time, and it was. You know, I always heard of the, well, people have a green thumb. It just comes naturally. I uh, I always thought, oh, it'll come naturally. That's not true. <laughs> Way not true. It took a lot of practice and it took a lot of trial and error and a lot of failure to get to, okay, I'm going to figure out how this works. And then it was about, God, probably about five years ago. Maybe, f- yeah, about four or five years ago. Um a gentleman I met grew hot peppers. I was like, well, geez, I love hot peppers. Actually, Damoc knows them. You remember Al? Yeah. So he came in and he had all these hot peppers. And I just, you know, I've tried so many times to grow different things. And I've had marginal success. Uh, I say marginal because, you know, a, a tomato plant, which normally a tomato plant would grow 30 to 80, depending on the size of the plant, uh, tomatoes, I'd maybe get like one or two out of. And I was like, oh, God, you know, this is a lot of work to get one or two tomatoes. So great. I can I can make a salad and put tomatoes on my burger. And that's about it. All year. That's what I got. <laughs> uh, but then I uh, he brought in all these peppers and... I tried a bunch of them. I'm like, wow, these are great. These have got a great spice to them. Like, how did you do this? And he said, well, you know, I have these peppers growing next to these peppers and et cetera, et cetera. And I moved into a house and never bothered to make, you know, never bothered to make a garden or anything. You know, we had tried something in the back lot and it was, nah, it was okay. We didn't really get a lot of stuff to grow, but we just like went to the local, local store and found a bunch of plants and just, they were already started and I just, we just put them in the ground and tried them and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, they kind of grew. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to really try this. So I took a bunch of the seeds from, from Al. I germinated them. Um, I read how to germinate them correctly and I germinated them and then I planted them in little, I, I took, Oh, go ahead. Wait, what is germinate? Take from seed and get to, uh, get from seed and get them to sprout basically. What do you got? Okay. Um, if you ever want to try tomatoes again, I am a tomato expert. I literally grew them professionally for fifteen I, years. I could get yours to grow you two or three and me feet a week. We're going to be talking very soon. 
because tomatoes are my like are yes, my Achilles I can totally, heel. I can never get tomatoes to grow correctly. I had a um, I haven't tried to grow them in my backyard. I'm going to start this summer, but I grew them hydroponically for the nice. last 15 years on like a high tech farm. So like I could tell you what light conditions exactly, measurably, scientifically, the exact right amount of nutrients See, that's what to I need, give because them. Because my pH balance is always off. How to take care of them. Yeah, well, it's super, like, they measured it out for, you know, forever. My boss did or whatever to find. They kind of had to mess with it. So, like, I can tell you exactly what you need to do per kind of tomato and, you know, when to snap, um, like, certain leaves off or whatever so that you want most of your nutrients to go to the tomatoes. So, if you have too many leaves sprouting, you Ooh. get rid of some to help them. And I know exactly how many to take off we're, and when to take them off to get your nutrients to your tomatoes to get them bigger. We're going to be talking later. We'll be talking later. <laughs> Holy how, <laughs> I feel like Damoc has a secret plant that he's growing. Oh, no, no. My secret plants were picking the seeds out the bud, throwing them out the window, and plants went in the backyard and went, oh, shit, my dad's a cop. I got to get rid of these. I see. So, uh, Aaron, how did you get into uh, a 15-year stint in the tomato industry? Uh, my great aunt had a hydroponic farm and I was like 11 and I decided that I wanted to make money. So I started going there and she'd be like, oh, I'll give you 20 bucks to clean the floor or whatever. And then when I was 15 and I could get my working papers, I got my working papers and I started working for her, like legitimately, not like her paying me to do like odd jobs. So four years before I'd even started growing, I was around the tomatoes and seeing, you know, what everybody else was doing. Um... And then I started selling them at markets, which is how I got comfortable talking to strangers all the time. Because I would get bored, so I would start just talking to random people. Like, if nobody was at my stall. Um, And so I grew them in this greenhouse in this really, like, high-tech environment where everything is measured. Everything is, you know, very precise. And it got to the point where, like, I could bring plants that completely snapped back from the dead. From, you know, being dead. Like, I could save almost all of them. So I got really, really hyper-focused on that specific thing. And so what is, you said a hydroponic plant? What is uh, a, a farm? What is what is that exactly? So they're grown indoors in, you know, a greenhouse, like your typical, like, canopy greenhouse. But they're grown using water. So, like, they're not in soil. So they're in a pot that has a stuff called perlite, which its only use is to hold as much water as possible. And the roots grow in that, and then they have a drip system that feeds into every single pot. So at certain times of day, they're literally fed water that's mixed with uh, nutrients in it. Um, and they use UV lights to kill bacteria in the water before it's fed to the plants. And then they're strung up into the air. So I would do everything from plant them to, you know, ripping them out at the end of the summer. So we actually had, like, plants that would be, our, our plants would be a mile long. Like, one plant would be a mile long before we removed them to plant the new crop. So it's an insanely, like, it's, it's just an insane process. It's really cool. And you said something about working papers. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't think I've, I've heard that term before. Oh, so, uh, so in the state where I live, you have to be a certain age before you're allowed to work because there's like child labor laws and things like that. So if you work for family and you do farm work specifically, you can get your like proof that you're allowed to work earlier. 
so I could work when I was 15 because my great aunt owned the business, even though we weren't close. Like, she didn't come to Thanksgiving or anything. Uh, I could start earlier than if I had gone to work somewhere else. I could start a full year early. So what you have to do is you had to go... I had to go to my school and get papers that were like, yes, you are the age that you say you are, uh, and have them sign off that I was allowed to work. I see. Okay. All right. I just learned something new. Working papers. Yeah, we had those in New York. (laughs) Well, if you're in New York, so obviously they still have them in New York. But yeah, Yeah, working papers. But anyway, so like peppers, uh, yeah, so I just, uh, I, I germinated them and started growing them, and they took right off. And it turns out that the... The worse you are to hot peppers, the hotter they end up being. So a little key point for anybody who wants to grow hot peppers, don't water them, leave them out in the sun, water them every now and then, like just abuse the hell out of them and they will be so hot they'll melt your face off. Learn that, uh, I learned that the, the, I actually learned that three years ago where I just put the plants out there and I said, all right, um, yeah, I'm not really going to deal with them this year. I'm just going to let them die. I'm just not going to touch them because I was just like, ah, I'm just not dealing with them this year. And literally, like, they just grew and they grew and they grew. And I'm like, holy crap, these things are like, they're doing better than when I actually, like, water them. Like, when I actually get nutrients and put them in the soil and water them and miracle all this crap, I'm like, these things are just growing. One day, my brother came over and said, hey. How are your peppers growing? I was like, I don't know. I haven't checked them in like three weeks. We walk outside. I've got a full bush of peppers, like probably 30 or 40 of them on the vine. And I was like, holy crap. And he's like, oh, how hot are they? I'm like, I don't know. I rip one off the vine. I hand it to him. He takes a little nibble off of it. I grab it from him. I take a nibble off of it. The moment I'm taking a nibble, I already see his face turning (laughs) beet red. And my brain went, rut row raggy. I took a bite and holy <laughs> hell, it was it was an eye opener, like full on. OK, I'm awake. And I took that batch and I made a uh, I made some uh. killer hot sauce out of those that year. Like they came out, man, it um, it just came out so great. Like uh, I like to make I like to make my 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 hot sauces with a lot of garlic in them because I love garlic. So I make them with a lot of garlic in them, but I also put in some scotch during the during the uh, boil down process. So you get this little bit of a smoky flavor to it as well, and it comes out just so amazingly well, just so good. Are, are, are you making any other food? Um, so pickled stuff. I'll, I'll do some some pickled onions, pickled uh, pickled peppers. Like I'll do jalapenos and I'll pickle them out because they're you know just. Pickled jalapenos are fantastic. They just go on everything. They go on salad. They go on burgers. They just, they just jalapenos pickle so well. But uh, hot sauces are what I special in. So you guys, okay. So you guys like to experiment and and test yeah. things out. Yeah, you got you got to try new things. You got to you got to see what'll 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 hit. You got to see what'll what'll work. Because sometimes you you may just hit something that's nobody's ever hit before. And you'll never know it unless you try. Yeah, and so that's kind of a part of what I utilized in getting to the the point of discovering my purpose. It's like this constant experimenting, testing, and to find out 
how to do this, how to do that better, how to improve here, how to improve here to the point where my character, it's significantly improved to the point where it's like I could feel it. Like I could feel my life changing. It's almost like it's like put my hand on it. It's very, very, very interesting process. And so since you guys are experimenters, uh, I, at some point in the future, will call you on a journey. Go ahead, Aaron. So you said, like, you used to be afraid of, like, talking to strangers and everything, but you're a life coach. So, like, how did you go from, like, being kind of, like, scared to approach strangers and having to get over that professionalism of having, like, the perfect thing to say to being, like, you know what, my calling in life is to, like, help other people kind of... I don't know what, what, what like, terminology you would use, but, like, I don't want to say, like, fix people. But, like, how did you know that you wanted to help people, like, go from being afraid of talking to strangers to wanting to improve the life of strangers? <laughs> Um, I'll say that for me, it's a matter of I fear God over this stranger. So I'm going to talk to this stranger. And so if God said, calls me like, yeah, talk to that person, then it's like, I'm not going to deal with God. I'll talk to this person. <laughs> and it's like, hey, you know what? If I sound like a fool, okay, I might, um, I might be disgruntled about it or might be like oh man I messed up but it's like you know what keep moving next time you'll get better and better and better and better and so that's how I came to the point of um, improving to the point where I got the job so like God sent me through the interview process which is pretty intense. <laughs> um, sent me through his interview process and checking me on this point, checking me on that point, checking me on that point. And so it's like, all right, fair enough. Uh, you've, you've shown that you can overcome uh, your fears and you've shown that you can overcome this, uh, uh, worry about rejection, um, worried about your status in society uh, and a long list of other things to the point where it's I finally came to January of this year and it's like, bam, I finally discovered and was able to, to come to a point where I could say that statement and uh, most people can understand. And this is why it's super important for uh, me to have talked to strangers because people who know me, they know the nuances of my speech, so I would not have to come up with a statement for them to really understand me. But a stranger, especially people whose uh, first language is not English, um, and so being able to communicate with them and uh, finding ways in conversation to to be able to come to understanding of one another. And so it was like this kind of back and forth process, back and forth process, back and forth process um, that significantly uh, improved me and 
I I was hitting the streets a lot. Some days I would be maybe start out 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and then going, getting back home around 11, 12 o'clock at night. Just constant approach, constant approach, constant approach. Yeah. So, so did you literally like go into the streets to talk to strangers to like get comfortable talking to them? You're like, yo, I'm going to be out here for 12 hours just practicing talking to people. Like, did you like this? Was that your, your approach? Right. So it was a matter of, um, I'm going out here with the intention to just have conversations with strangers. I didn't know that I would, um, be out there for so long, but it kind of became, it's the best way to say addicting uh, because it's like, like you were saying, once you got that momentum going, then it's like, man, you know what? I'm here. Let me keep rolling. <laughs> and so, and so that's what, like I look at the clock or it's, it's becoming nighttime and it's like, okay, this was, this was good. Like, I was able to overcome this or I just kept going, kept going, kept going. So that also built up a persistence and uh, tenacity and endurance um, that has helped me in other areas. Um, well, and confidence. I mean, like that's a, that's a, that's a strong thing of, of being right. it's like to talk to people just in general. Um, I mean, we've had we've had so many people on this show, and just to be able to talk, like just to be able to hear people's stories, is is enlightening. It's uh, it, it it's God, it's it's just it's fantastic to hear. Like I, I asked Damoc, I love to argue, but I love to argue. Like I, I'll love to argue the opposite fact. Like I, I'll argue, I'll argue a stance that I don't even believe in because. It furthers the it furthers the it furthers the discussion, and oftentimes I find I learn so much more because if I agree, like for instance, I'll agree with Damoc on a subject. Just because I agree with him, I'll literally I will argue the opposite side of the argument just because I want to hear what his what he means, what he feels, because it will enhance or quite possibly sometimes even change my thought process around the subject. Um, and it's really great. It's, it's an eye-opening experience to be able to just randomly talk to somebody and, and take the opposite, just take the opposite, but be able to, to, to have that dialogue open. Um, you know, I'll take it a step further, you know, not only be able to talk to somebody, but have that dialogue open and find somebody that is open to, a dialogue, but not a, not a aggressive, not an aggressive combative dialogue, but just an open discussion. Yeah, yeah, some challenges, some challenges but but an open discussion where you can learn from them. I mean, every, every conversation is a learning opportunity, and and I mean that confidence that you can build. I I give you a lot of a lot of respect and a lot of props for being able to just go out there. Cause there's a lot of people that the fear of talking to somebody is crippling, you know, uh, 
just talking to like uh, as we said i think earlier in the episode where i was saying you know interviewing or actually might even before the episode now just interviewing is a skill that you get um that that's like that's a literal thing that's i i always tell everybody hey look go apply for jobs interview even if you don't want the job interview um you know if you're if you're where you're at they're saying hey are you interviewing yeah interviewing is a skill it's something that i'm going to need to know whether i'm interviewing somebody else or i'm interviewing for another job it's a skill and just like every other skill it'll get rusty and you can you know you can really lose it so i always tell people look always interview Mm -hmm. just always be on the ball always go out there always interview always get yourself out there because one it's a skill that you can lose two get your face out there Let's people know who you are networking. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's the common thing of it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so, Damoc, whenever he would, whenever he mm-hmm. would challenge you on a point, um, did you feel like, or I guess let me say why I'm asking the question. Because one thing that I notice is that in, and discussions that I have where someone is challenging me on a statement that I made or or one of my plans, that challenge is a very good thing because it now pushes me outside of my comfort zone to think a different way. And I noticed that it it spawned creativity in either my response to the person or how I was going to approach a plan that I was getting um, advice on. So would you say that you noticed that like some sort of creativity being spawned and maybe some statements that came out of your mouth that you're like, Oh, Uh, so I I always approach every uh, talking to him. Like my Google <laughs> flu is on point. I don't even think Google can touch me on Googling things anymore. No, uh, I, I really like arguing with Cecil. It's we'll go back and forth entirely. Sometimes he'll be the protagonist and sometimes he'll be the antagonist and it doesn't really matter. We seem to reverse sides just to go at it back and forth. And some discussions do get a little heated and they get a little fun. Um, but overall, yeah, you know, I learn a lot from it. Um, and we have a lot of fun doing it. I, at the end of the day, even if I get upset and there are times that, yeah, my personal emotions get involved and I get a little upset and I just walk away from it for 10 minutes, come back and yeah, I was gonna say. good to go. Because it's okay. not a, a personal, there's no vendetta between us. We have a good discussion. Sometimes emotions And that's get always the best part is that at the end, okay. and, and that's why I feel very comfortable, or I'm going to say arguing, uh, you know, it's more of like discussions typically, but that's why I feel very comfortable arguing with Damoc because I know that at the end of the day, we might butt heads and we might get pissed at each other and we'll walk away for five, 10 minutes and we'll come back and be like, you want to grab a beer? I'm really hungry. I could use a burger too. And like, that'll be it. And I'm that, that, that comfort level of people. And that's very rare. Like if you find that person or that group of people that you could have that open dialogue with and have that comfort level with where, you know, yeah, you may piss them off and they may piss you off. But when you step aside and you're like, all right, what did I learn from that? 
Like that's every, every conversation, every discussion, every argument. I always try to, I always try to take the angle of what can I learn from this? Because look, everybody knows. And, and, and if you think you're perfect, let me break the bubble. You're not. Everybody knows that you don't know everything. <laughs> and no matter how good Damox Google Foo is, there are plenty of times where it's, it's like, all right, I know you're Googling this. So I'm going to bring us back to the actual conversation versus the side chats that we get into so i mean there are there are plenty of ways to to there are plenty of ways to argue you know um there are plenty of ways to win an argument but if you go into an argument of just i'm going to win i think you're you're robbing yourself of a great opportunity to learn because just like i've learned so much and i i give this i give props to my uncle for this my uh my uncle was just a genius, like literally a genius. And he taught me so many different things when I was growing up. And he taught me early that an argument isn't a battle of wills. It's an opportunity to see the world through someone else's eyes. And, and those words like stuck super hard with me. And it, unfortunately, I, I wish I could say that they stuck with me the moment he said them. But as a seven-year-old kid, when you hear those words, you're like, uh-huh, can I play the computer now? You know, that's, that's where you are. But there are certain things that somebody tells you and they stick with you for the rest of your life. And those were one of the, that was one of those things. Mm. And it's something that like when it find, like when it clicked of like, of, of, Oh man, like I'm having this discussion and I may full on 100% believe X and this person 100% believes Y. Well, when you break it down to brass tacks, everything's an argument of opinion. No matter what facts you come up with, it still boils down to an opinion of said facts. Like it's, it's all a subjective base, like even mathematics. That's the thing that blows my mind. Mathematics are one of those things of like, I love math because there's always an answer. That's incorrect. <laughs> there's not always an answer. There are so many unanswerable things in math <laughs> that it's just another argument. It's another opinion. I think it goes this way. Well, I think it goes this way and you get an open dialogue and you get an opportunity to see something through somebody else's eyes that. If you're not paying attention, you could miss. And I think this boils right right down to what you were talking and about of of your journey. It's it's that growth. It's that willingness to grow and that open mindedness to get where you want to go. And so that's one of those things that I also did learn about um, having disagreements with uh, someone else is like it's. It comes down to a skill. So this way you can extract wisdom from the discussion or extract wisdom or a learning lesson from that other person's uh, perspective. And so it takes practice to be able to get to that point to, to talk with someone who's in opposition to you and, and then to gather what it is that they that they have to say 
But then there's also oftentimes uh, for me, uh, it comes down to a diverting the conversation uh, to keep it from going uh, down uh, such a path. Because I, that's one of the, I get locked onto something like maybe we're talking, it's like, oh, uh, the depression happened in 1920 and it started on this date. And then boom, uh, someone will say, uh, no, 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 it was that date. And then that would turn into an argument. And so those things, those nitpicky uh, arguments or, yeah, those are things that uh, I advise people to avoid because then those can turn, especially between husband and wife, uh, those things, it's like, as, as those nitpicky arguments build up between husband and wife, then it turns into something, um, something big, pimple to a volcano. And so that's one of the things where I advise people like, hey, be humble and you don't have to be right. Although you might be right. It's like avoid getting uh, sucked into uh, into those uh, nitpicky argument. But it's, it's still important to challenge uh, people, but be mindful of the things that you're challenging uh, people on. Yes, ma'am. So uh, I read because I I uh, I'm be- much better now, but I used to have a problem with arguing because it was it seemed to me at the time to be the most important thing to win the argument, and I felt like getting in any kind of confrontation was like a war of attrition. Like who's willing to go longer, and how important is it to be right type of thing. But I read um, when I started kind of. Uh, like analyzing why I felt that way and like that's not the most important thing it's supposed to be you and whomever versus the problem versus you you know you versus that other person and I read something oops sorry my dog is borking at me Uh, I read something and it was like people tend to get uh, caught up in like the terminology of the argument rather than the uh, like ideology of the argument like it should be focusing on like whatever the idea is like usually one person thinks one way and you think another but if you get caught up in like no this means this and then they just don't agree with you you can't like you can't move on from that and that was something that i had an issue with where it was like no i think this is this and then you argue about like what a word means or like who did what how many times instead of like what the actual idea behind why you're mad is like you're not mad because your significant other didn't do the laundry you're mad because you feel like since you've asked them that they may not respect you because they didn't, you know, comply with your request or whatever, like you don't feel like they appreciate you or like whatever the thing is, like the idea behind why you're mad is more important than like the terminology you're using at the time. And that was something that I struggled with for like forever. <laughs> okay. And it's, did you ever argue with anybody about growing tomatoes? Like it needs to go this way. <laughs> Well, she, she's a goat when it comes to growing tomatoes, obviously. No, I was actually just going to bring up, and I wanted to see the look on Damoc's face. It's just when you were talking about that minutia of an argument about like what this term means, I immediately went right back to how competitive I am at video gaming. Remember, we got into a long conversation on that about what the definition of competitive in video gaming was. And it was interesting. And I honestly... 
from that conversation, I actually brought a lot out of it. And it may not seem like I did, but I it I brought a lot from that from how just just how video games are looked at and how how the word competitive can be translated across so many different medium and actually mean so many different things to so many different people. You know, like for like <clears throat> the argument came up from I said I'm not competitive at gaming. And from my from my point of view, I was looking at the genuine look the, the genuine definition of competitive, meaning, you know, to be competitive at something. You know, I'm competitive at driving, I'm competitive at work. I'm competitive at gaming. Um, but Damoc had taken taken the stance of competitive gaming, which competitive gaming is a completely separate subset of people who compete during gaming. So it was multiplayer, first-person shooters, things of that nature. And, stop, and correct me if I'm wrong, so don't let me speak for you. If I'm angling it wrong, tell me. Uh, but he was going at it from that angle, and I was going at it from like just the, just the, the base operation of competitive at gaming, meaning – a game, I have to be the best at whatever game I'm playing. And I was like, well, I'm not really that competitive at, at gaming. So, like, I don't, I don't go there. And, and it, it, it opened a dialogue that, like, we went back and forth and, and, you know, it was a, no, you're wrong. That's not what you, that's not competitive gaming. And I'm like, well, I mean, from where I'm sitting, that seems the right term. And they're like, no, no, this is what you mean. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm pretty sure I mean that, but it gave me a great, like, it, it actually opened up because I started looking at other worries, other ways the word competitive was used, like competitive sports, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, huh, there's a lot of different ways to interpret just that single word competitive, depending on the subject. Like, wow, like, pretty wild when you think about it, just, just the amount of, of, of insight you can get onto it just from that little conversation. And I say little. It was actually a pretty big conversation. It was, I mean, it went on for a while. So, I mean, so that's just from that conversation. I don't want to open the whole thing up, but do you mean competitive, like people that are so good that they get paid to play against others level competitive? Like literally where you're like the best in that field versus like, oh, I play competitively. Like every time you play with other people, you want to be the best out of who you're like playing with. Because you're like, if, oh, competitive versus play, competitive, and like that's the same word, and I'm not getting a difference there. If you play a multiplayer game, you're playing a competitive game. You are now a competitive gamer. End of story. In my view, at least. No, yeah, but I meant like there's some people who like if they play with their friends, they are like whether the game is cooperative, like there's four of you playing and you all have a common goal and they still want to be the best versus people who are like, you know, it's you versus another person and you're the best. Because there's some people who, like, you'll all be on the same team and they're still trying to be better than you for the sole purpose of being better than you level of, like, competing. Yeah, where I was coming right. from... We've had those people. Yeah, where I was coming from was not necessarily a competitive as in person versus person, but a, like, more of the team-based thing where you're talking about. But if you take it, if you take it even more of an abstract view of it, when I say I'm not competitive at gaming, meaning that... I may play like Destiny for 2,000 hours, but I don't need to be better than you. I'm not that competitive. I don't need to be better than anybody else. My gaming experience is my gaming experience, so I'm not competitive at gaming. 
which in my mind is a completely separate topic than competitive gaming. Like if I play competitive games, uh, Rocket League, uh, COD, you know, if I'm playing a competitive game, that's a different kind of topic in my mind. You know, I'm playing a competitive game, but I'm not a competitive gamer. That makes any sense. No, that makes sense. This is very interesting um, topic of discussion because this is something that I that I have discovered and realized, and I, I applied a strategy to it. That sometimes when you're talking with someone, you guys are like this, and you think you you think you're talking about the same thing, but sometimes it comes down to a matter of. Well, I've asked a person, well, is there maybe a different word that you want to use instead of that, instead of that word? And so it came down to a matter of, okay, we were talking about, or excuse me, he said a specific word. I understood it one way. And so I'm. Like that's person is talking about oranges in the same room and having the same discussion. It's like least do you want to use another word? And I've applied that and and I've found vocabulary yeah 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 vocabulary uh, improving the vocabulary so i was like okay all right so we're we're more in alignment now with what exactly uh, we're talking about I can safely so, say that we have had those, definitely those type of discussions where we're like one person's talking about apples, the other one's talking about oranges. We both think we're talking about bananas. And by the time <laughs> we realize it, like we're, we're so vested in the argument that we're like, well, shit, I gotta say, I can't, I gotta say face now. I've, I'm, I'm already dedicated to this. Uh, that's, 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 that's funny. And usually those conversations end up in a very comedic end because, I mean, I know I realize it and I'm pretty confident that the other person like Damoc realizes it. And then we just start going off into comedy like, yeah, maybe nobody will notice that we're both asses out of this conversation and we move on. Oh, yeah. We're way off base, not even talking about the initial subject at all whatsoever. And we're like, okay, all right, we got to keep this going, though. Because now we just have to turn it into a giant joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, okay. now we got to pretend we've been talking about watermelons the entire time. 
Oh, man. Uh, cool. Well, you know what, guys? It is um, 3.20 a.m. over here. And yeah. 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 <laughs> well, why don't we wrap uh, yeah, this up no. then? So, um, Emmanuel, uh, tell us where people can find you at. So I guess let me add this one piece since uh, this uh, is a podcast about gaming. So in regards to uh, the process of discovering uh, my purpose, it reminded me of the Sonic the Hedgehog game. Like I was running down the street and I'm just picking up coins after coins after coins and I'm jumping to new levels, entering into different dimensions. And it was, if I were to give it a metaphor, it's like that, but more. And so, so with that said, there's a, an adventure for everybody out there. There's a story. For everybody out there um, to to inspire, to have good laughs uh, about, to maybe even have a tear about, or write a poem. Uh, but everybody has a has a story waiting for them, an adventure waiting for them. And so, part of my work is to equip people with the fundamentals and tools in order to go on their journey. And and discover what it is or the things that God has given them to do here on this planet. So people can find me on Instagram and it is at Emmanuel NMA, all one word. And I, I don't know, do you do show notes or should I spend it? I'll go ahead and spell it out. Um, I'll also put it in the in the description, but go ahead and spell it out for the people who are listening. Okay. So all one word, Emmanuel NMA, uh, E like Exodus, M like Matthew, M like Matthew, A like Adam, N like Noah, U like Unicorn, E like Exodus, L like Love, E like Exodus, N like Noah, I like Israel. M like Matthew, E like Exodus. Very cool. Damoc, where can people find oh. you at, man? Uh, I mostly troll the G&A podcast on Discord and all of that, but you can also find me hanging out with Thoughts and Shots. I think uh, I got to jump on the stream here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I actually just saw that kicked up. I got to jump on there as well. Aaron, where can people find you at? Uh, people can find me on the GNA podcast. They can find me on Twitch as Aaron to Destroyer. No caps, no spaces. They can find me on Instagram still, Aaron to Destroyer. They can find me on Facebook as Aaron to Destroyer. Uh, I think I'm forgetting one. Twitter. They can also find me on Twitter. No caps, no spaces. Aaron to Destroyer all day, every day. And that's Aaron and, D-A as in the yes. Destroyer. Not the, yep, just in D-A, case you were thinking sorry. it was a southern accent or something. Yep, no T-H-E. It's D-A all the way. And according to Zyber, but not really, apparently, allegedly, I'm on Grinder. So you could look, but you won't find me. But Zyber says I'm there every podcast. <laughs> Hold on, I'm and pulling up Grinder now. And I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me on Cecil versus Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier everywhere else. And I literally mean everywhere else, sometimes with an underscore, sometimes without. But you can find me on Twitch, uh, Discord. You can find me on. 
um spreakers you can find me honestly everywhere like if i'm not there let me know i'll 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 be there shortly i mean i'm i'm on every video gaming platform you can think of playstation nintendo xbox as cecil xavier i'm on steam i'm on some random ones i'm in places i don't even know of i get drunk and sign up places i don't even know where i sign up all of a sudden i get emails of like hey wh- how come you haven't been playing in 30 days i'm like i didn't even know i signed up I'm everywhere. If I'm not there, let me know. I'll join in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Reviews help people find the show. So if you enjoy listening to us, let other people know. Uh, you can find us on Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. I'm everywhere. Like If we're not there, let us know. We'll upload there. Um, but I'm pretty sure we're there already. We have a partnership with Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is a gaming purchase, game purchasing service. Yeah, the rum's hitting me. Uh, that allows us a little bit of a twist. Uh, when you buy a bundle from them, you also donate to charity. So if you put question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of whatever your Humble Bundle link is, it will let them know we sent it, uh, sent you. Just take the slider if you find it, put it all the way down to uh, zero for GNA podcast. We don't want your money. Give it to charity. Give it to the developers. Maybe throw a couple bucks over to Humble Bundle. We don't want your money. We just want to know that we sent you there. So we get a little dashboard that tells us how much money we've made in a week, month, year, whatever it is. We're just trying to get money drummed up for charity. I want to give a shout out to Zyberblood. He's going to be doing a, a bunch of streaming for on Twitch. He's trying to ramp up for this November. He's going to get back into the Extra Life campaign. So he's going to do a 24-hour stream to try to drum up support for Extra Life. If you don't know what Extra Life is, Extra Life is a charity that involves gaming to raise money for children hospitals. So... It's a great cause. Go check it out. Follow Zyberblood. Go check him out. He's going to be doing a, a stream here in November. And if he isn't, I'm going to kick him right in the right in the old keister and tell him to get the stream going because he said he was going to. And I've got monies that I plan to donate. So go check him out. Um, I feel like I've forgotten something. Damoc, have I forgotten anything? You can also check out the website at www. SoberDamogisBoring.com or GNAPodcast.com <laughs> Whichever, dude. SoberDamog, GNAPodcast, same, same. Now I gotta go buy that domain, too. Thanks. Well, thank you all for joining me on the show tonight. Damog, thanks for coming back for the show. Aaron, it's always a pleasure to have you. And Emmanuel, thank you for joining us. You're welcome anytime you want. Come on and join in. Um... And have a great night. Hey, you guys too. Is there a specific way that I need to end this? Can I, because I know some platforms you have to wait for um, the file to be uploaded. Do I need to do that here or? Uh, Nope. Actually, the cool part about it is that I've got Craig recording us right now. You probably heard that guy join in and go, now recording. So he's actually recording your audio as a separate audio track. And I've also got a Skype recorder going that's been recording the entire show as well. So you're actually, you're good to go, man. You are solid. Cool. Good night, people. And hey, thank you so much for hanging out and staying awake. Have a good night. All right, ciao. Take care.